Hi, Sunshine. I'm Natasha, your host for the Shine Online podcast and the founder of Soul Studio. In this conversational podcast, I interview the brightest entrepreneurs I know with the goal of empowering you to do business in a way that feels real to you. These conversations will bring you no-fluff advice, honest discussions, and actionable strategies to help you shine online. There are so many bright brands in the online world, but there's always room for one more. Let's shine together. I'm so excited because today I have my friend Joy and we're just going to be chatting today. You guys get to really experience her energy, her wisdom. So welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be here. One of our mini collaborations. Right. I know. I always (laughs) love collaborating with you because I feel like we could just like talk on and on about just so many topics that I feel like we need to be talking about more in this space. And I love that you're a fellow creative. Um, So if anyone doesn't know you, tell a little bit about what you do, who you are, what you love, and then we'll get into this conversation. Sure. So my name is Deanna Joy. I go by my middle name for all things related to my business, which is called Joy Knows How. And I am a blogger, a content creator, an educator, and a musician. And I am a pioneer for empowering multi-passionate creatives to embrace their talents as a gift, not a burden. And I do this in a few different ways. I do this by being an example of what that looks like, by sharing my many creative outlets. I also do this by talking a lot about focus and taking the concept of focus from the abstract into the concrete because many multi-passionates struggle with focus and that's a big pain point for us. And then a big part of how I support my community is really focusing on that community aspect, making sure that multi-passionate creatives have a space to come together, to connect, to feel understood, seen, um, and heard and supported by my community, which by the time this airs will be in existence, which is called the Joy Knows How Collective. So it's a space for multi-passionate creatives to really come together, gain access to my content, my courses, but most importantly, to each other. So that's a little bit about me and what I'm up to. It all started with the blog. I started blogging because I didn't feel like I had that one thing figured out. I could not figure out what my thing was going to be. And I started a blog as kind of my own way to support myself and, and not choosing and empowering myself to explore and having a platform for exploration. And so my blog was called join us how, and then it snowballed into the business that I have now based off of me realizing the thing I love to write about the most was the multi-passionate experience. And then just following that intuition and going down the road. Yeah, which I which I love so much because I know especially when people are thinking of Instagram strategy, I always get people saying like, I don't know what to share because I feel like I'm passionate about so many things and they say that as if it's a bad thing. But I love that you celebrate that because I feel like a lot of whether they're, you know, any type of entrepreneur, they struggle with feeling like they have to only focus on one passion, but it doesn't have to be that way. It's not that cut and dry, which I just love that that's what you really focus on. Yeah, I think one thing that is important to remember, especially on Instagram is that your passions are points of connection for your audience. 
So every single one of your passions doesn't have to be like a module in a course or a part of your business plan. It can literally be a point of connection. Like I share my garden and Instagram stories all the time and I get so much engagement and interaction and that's not something I'm monetizing. It's not something that I would consider like a pillar of my brand, but it's an interest that I have and someone else who maybe is kind of still in that phase where they're lurking and trying to see if I'm the right educator for them. They might go, Oh my gosh, I've been wanting to start a garden and you just never know. You never know what's going to spark someone to have that connection with you. So I really do think that it's totally fine to share your passions and be a little less confused about like, are people going to be overwhelmed or confused by this? Just, just share it, you know? share it and see what happens. I completely agree. And I know we've bonded over those little passions that we have as plant moms. And I know I love chai and like all those types of things. And I think it's so important now when you're thinking of marketing and we're thinking of businesses, like that's what we're running is that there are so many other people doing what we're doing. There's so many other people in the same industries. So when you really tap into those passions of yours, that's what's differentiating yourself. That's what's making you stand out and make that personal connection because there are tons of other Instagram educators that might have more followers than me, that might have more qualifications than me, but you know they're not going to be the yellow girl that I am. You know what I mean? So I think it really helps yep. differentiate you, which I just love that that's really what you highlight for your community and for everyone that learns from you. Yep. It's about that personal brand, right? You have your offers, which are very specific and, you know, you want to make sure there isn't a lot of room for confusion about what you're offering, but then you have your brand and your yeah. brand, that personal brand, that's the space where you get to pull in all the juiciest parts of yourself. So totally. I love that. And have fun with it because it should be fun. Business should be fun. And I think that's one thing that I really admire about you is that you're a proud side hustler and you talk a lot about how entrepreneurship is really a mindset. It doesn't matter if you're full-time, if you're part-time, if you never really want to go full-time, if you really just like having a side hustle. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because I feel like a lot of times when people have a side hustle, they still have a nine to five. They feel like it's almost a burden, but it really can be something that helps lift your business even higher, I think. Yes, yes, yes. Please let's talk about this. And Specifically for the multi-passionate experience, I do want to tie it all together why this is especially important to realize. So here's the thing with entrepreneurship. I do feel that the term entrepreneur and the way that we are using it in the online space, it's glorified as a destination you arrive to when you are making all of your income from your business. And that's really unfortunate because entrepreneurship, as we know, is anything but linear. It can be a very winding road, ups and downs. And to feel like you're only worthy of embodying that mindset once you arrive to the destination really does you a disservice when you're along that journey. So I feel like it's really important for people to remember that there is no shame in having a nine to five or a part-time job to support you while you build your business. That is a form of investing in yourself. Mm -hmm. Just like we invest in courses, we can learn from people. If you are trading your time or you're freelancing or whatever that looks like to support yourself while you build your dream business, that's an investment that you're making in yourself. 
Mm-hmm. And who knows what skills you're going to pick up in that job, what connections you're going to make. If you can start to look at having a support job as exactly that, supportive as an investment, then you become much more open-minded to what are the opportunities in this? What are the gifts in this? And let me tell you, one of the gifts is you're going to learn time management because mm-hmm. there's a window of time that you have. So here are some of the benefits that I have found personally from choosing to have a support job while I build my business. Number one, I am building my business from a place of energetic alignment rather than scarcity or needing to make quick cash. This is so important for multi-passionate creatives. I think it's important overall, but specifically for multi-passionate creatives because we need to have the freedom and the autonomy to put things down if they are not working. Period. If we don't have that out and we don't feel empowered to know, I'm going to check in 90 days from now. I'm going to see how this feels. I'm going to see what this looks like for me. And if it's not working, I'm going to ask myself a few key questions. And based on that, I'm going to pivot if needed. We need to know we can do that. Because as multi-passionates, if we feel locked in, it's very hard for us to create. So that's a big, big piece of why personally for me, I can build a business that's more aligned with my energetic output, more aligned with my ultimate vision of the lifestyle that I want to have. If I have the freedom to try things out and put them down and not be worried about the lack of income that could happen from that, because I have Mm -hmm. another source of income from my support job. So that's the first thing. I think that's extremely important. The second thing is that by default, when you have a nine to five or a full-time job specifically, this may be a bit different for those who have a a part-time situation. When you have a full-time gig, which I don't like to use that phrasing, and I'll talk about that in just a second, but when you have a nine to five that takes up a lot of your schedule, you need to be very meticulous about what are the priorities in your business right now. I learned this the hard way. I love creating content. Natasha, we know this. Yes. I love creating, like I get an idea. I'm like, boom, let's go. It's time for a PDF, a landing page. Like I'm ready all the time. However, I have realized that by not prioritizing income generating activities, I'm not moving forward at the speed that I would like to. Mm -hmm. And I do not have the luxury of just continuing to create a ton of free content because I have a very specific time frame in each day where I can work on my business. Mm-hmm. So it forces you to prioritize. And if your priorities are out of sync, you're going to start to realize it because you won't be moving forward. You can build a business as a side hustle if you focus on the parts of the business that need to be built. Mm-hmm. The gift in that is you learn prioritization. And then when you are one day in your own business and you are full-time for yourself, you're going to have a business that's energetically aligned, that was not built out of scarcity, that already went through some trial and error because you were able to pick things up and put things down. And you're going to understand how to prioritize and where to put your time because there was a time when you only had maybe four hours in each day to work on it. So Mm -hmm. there's such a gift in that. And I feel that because no one talks about it this way, People truly feel like they are less than because they have a job to support them. And it's just, it's bonkers. Like we have to stop. It's not supportive or healthy. And also, can we talk about like as a black woman creating more representation in corporate? Like 
Yeah. I am happy to show up for my nine to five. It's part of my rebellion at this point, because right. a lot of times I'm the only black person on these calls. Yeah. So it's important for me to be in this space right now in this journey in my life as well, which is maybe a different conversation, but worth saying. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with that so much. I think there's this glamorization of just like you're quitting your nine to five and then you're going off to who knows where and you're having this laptop latte, you know, big lifestyle when I don't think it's like people have to be realistic because you're so right when you're like, I don't know how I'm going to pay rent. I don't know how I'm going to support myself you will take on anything. You're desperate. You don't even think about that end goal of where your business is going. And I think like I can relate to that in a lot of ways is like when I was in school and building my business, you know, I had to be smart with my time, but I had to realize like, I can't just take on clients that aren't aligned with me. I have to make sure it's like a long-term thing and really align with my goals. And I think you really just touched on like, learning where to sacrifice because of your dreams and your ultimate goals, I think is really what it dials down to. I know one thing for me, like starting out to really like help support my big goals for Soul Studio was like moving home for a little while to reduce my expenses. Like that's a big pill to swallow when you're used to living independent and on your own. And then that's just like taking a part-time job or anything else like that to fund your dreams is you have to realize like, what is better to prioritize right now to look like you're glamorous and having a full-time business and you're completely supporting yourself or like making sacrifices to really fund that. So I love that you really touched on all the reasons why it's so important. Yeah. Agreed. And let's talk about another hard topic, pivoting, which I know is something that you're totally, you're totally for because, and I pivoted a lot of times in my business and it, it comes down to that ego, that pride. You're like, you have this goal, you have this thing. You're like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to grind it out. This is going to be amazing. This is going to be a forever thing. And then you need to pivot. And I know you recently did that in your business. So do you want to talk a little bit about pivoting and why it's important to really grow as an entrepreneur? Heck yes. Yeah. We got to embrace the pivot, man. I gotta, we got to start to really yes. be okay. It, that's another thing. It's, it's similar. It's, it has a similar energy to how entrepreneurship is glorified as a destination. Mm-hmm. I think at times, you know, we create an offer, we tell everyone about it, we market it, we launch it, we do all these things. And then we feel like if we pivot or we put it down or we move in a different direction, then we're failing and that's not talked about as much. So it doesn't feel like it's glorified in the same way as like staying the course and working it out and, you know, sticking to your guns and all of that. So in my personal experience, the first membership that I launched had the name of my former Facebook group. When this comes out, my Facebook group will no longer be open because we'll have shifted to the collective, but it was called the Creative Abundance Tribe. And it was my way of figuring out a business model that felt good to me as a multi-passionate because I really wanted to be able to teach about a lot of different topics. So it felt like, oh, if I can just have a different theme each month and then I can launch a little mini course about that theme that would be great. But I got stuck in this kind of like value trap Mm. where I felt like in order to run this membership, in order to have it successful, I had to keep promising more and more Mm. and more. I had to keep my members engaged on a month to month basis because that's how I framed it. It was like each month you get this. So it was like a big launch every month and it was so draining. And it got to the point where 
at first I was thinking, okay, maybe I need to pare back what I'm offering and set new guidelines. But it got to the point, and I did hire a business coach at this time as well, who was a human design and astrological business coach. So we were only talking about energy. We were not even talking about strategy. And, you know, it got to the point where I was on the call with my coach and I was like, I don't really want this membership. I don't want it. Does not feel good to me. There is something else that's calling me. This is not it. And I had no freaking idea what to do next. And I was like, you know what? She said, okay, sleep on it. I slept on it. And the next day I was like, yep, I'm going to close it. I went live in my Facebook group. And after I had spoken to my members directly, who they were so supportive, Natasha. They were like, because I was honest with them. I said, hey, I am burning out. I cannot keep putting this amount of content out every month. And, you know, I said, I have to lead by example because this is what I would tell you to do. And they were so gracious, so supportive. And then I went inside of my Facebook group and did a live video to tell them, hey, I'm, I'm closing the membership. Here's why. Here's what's next. And I was crying. And I was crying because it felt like a failure. Mm. Um, my community is the best ever. And everyone was in the comments like, you're good. This is fine. Like, we still support yeah. you. We'll follow you anywhere. It doesn't matter. But it's that fear of just saying, this isn't working. Yeah. I know I did a whole marketing campaign. It's all I talked about for months, but it's not working for me anymore. Yeah. And so the beauty of it was I went back to basics. I was like, I'm just going to focus on my blog. I'm going to keep blogging and see what happens. And I went back to the basics. And from that, that's where I realized, okay, in the background of everything I've been doing in my business has been this Facebook group. I've done so many different things, but the Facebook group has always been there and it's always felt really easy and effortless. And everyone raves about what a powerful community it is. And so from then, I just kind of kept that thought in my mind. And then that's when I discovered Mighty Networks, which is an Mm -hmm. off social media platform for communal settings similar to Facebook. And when I discovered that, And this all just happened organically. I joined someone's community that was hosted there and I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is what I should do. I've already been doing this by default. This is the kind of model that I want to commit to. So I say all that to say, especially as a multi-passionate creative, pivoting needs to feel empowering. When you pivot and you put something down, you are opening yourself up to receiving a more energetically aligned version of what you put down or something completely different. Mm -hmm. But it is so important to build a business that feels good and feels aligned so that you can show up authentically because people are going to feel that energy. So holding on to something just because you announced it or just because you, you had, you know, a five year plan or something, you're not going to serve your community, your audience, your clients well if that's the criteria for you continuing to show up. It needs to feel good to show up. Now, there's always things we don't really love doing, and that's a different conversation. But when it comes to showing up and interacting and being the educator or you know serving your clients, you want to be able to show up for the people who are supporting you in a way that feels really good. So yeah, embrace the pivot. And, and be okay with like the public learning curve and failing in front of everyone. It only makes you more human. Yes. Oh, I could not agree more with that. And I think 
if you go down to why pivoting is so hard for us, it's because we're putting all this pressure on ourselves. No one else is. Your community wasn't saying you have to make this a success. You have to do this for years and years to come. Like we're putting that all on ourselves. And I know, I remember, you know, with a mentor of mine, I had this similar thing with you where we were really diving into like, what is our purpose in life? Like, what is my true purpose? And when I really thought down to that and, you know, what I really wanted my life to look like, you know, like we're not even talking about strategy, like you said, I was like, I don't want to do one-on-ones as much as I'm doing. And it was just like instant. And it was just like, you literally feel the weight off. You're like, I don't want to do this. I don't have to do this. That's the beauty of entrepreneurship. And I know even right now, the pivot that I'm going through right now, I've been like going through just like a really muddy time. Like what is the next step? And I think a lot of people would tell me, okay, you need to do an agency model. Like maybe that's the new route for you. And I'm, I literally sat yesterday and I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do an agency model. That doesn't, it doesn't sit right. Because you can feel it. I can feel it literally. Yeah. And I think those instincts, we need to trust them more and not just think that we're being emotional and irrational and we're just saying and thinking it because we're supposed to, or all these different things. Like that's something to really listen to and tap into over strategy and how much it's going to make and the long-term goals by far. And what do you think about like giving time for the answer to come? Because like you could, you could say like, okay, agency model. Right. And you're like that something about that isn't fitting, but maybe there's like Natasha's version of what an agency model looks like. And maybe that hasn't fully downloaded yet, but by asking the question and not forcing yourself to make a decision, you give yourself space for that answer to come. That's so, that's key for for not only the multi-passionate community, but overall. You can do things how you want to do things. It's like, it's like when I did my first webinar, like I've been on a lot of webinars where I felt like I was just being sold to. And I'm just like, this is gross. I'm not into it. But I was like, I just want to try a webinar. I feel like it's going to be fun. I feel like I'm going to like it. And I did it my own way. I tried to make it fun and interactive and casual and like give actionable tips, like not just sell to them without them knowing I was going to pop up and just sell the whole time. And I think like I started to think of things differently, like marketing strategies and services and products and everything, it can be your own version of it. Just like you mentioned, like an agency might not have to be that traditional model that I'm thinking. It can look completely different, but you have to give yourself space to really fall into that. Yep. And for multi-passionate creatives, we are inherently very inclusive thinkers because we're always thinking about how can I blend my passions? And this is just how we think. Even if we don't know it, it's how we are. We're inclusive. Like we want to merge things and blend things and have a special mixture that feels really unique to us. So really allowing the space to pivot, the space for an answer to come and understanding that all those skills that you gain from the thing that you're putting down, those don't get put down. Those come with you. So you're not losing a part of yourself or anything like that. You are simply making a different choice and you can feel empowered in that choice. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love that so much. 
Have you heard the news? Soul Studios website got a complete makeover and a revamp featuring some new elements of our new and improved branding. So still very yellow, but you've heard on this show the changes that have been happening behind the scenes. So if you're curious about the new service that I'm going to be offering next year, along with just wanting to see the amazing job done on the new site, feel free to check it out in the show notes or at soulstudiomarketing.com and feel free to DM me. What do you think? And check out the Sunshine Shop if you're looking for some DIY resources like Airtable templates, Canva templates, and of course, the Lights Camera Reels mini course. Hope to see you on the site. I feel like that kind of dials into focus, which I know is huge for you. And I feel like as multi-passionate, as entrepreneurs, you know, having that spirit of all these ideas and, and all these things you want to achieve, you know, is really a beautiful thing. But like you mentioned, it's something that people struggle with where you have all these ideas, but where do you focus your energy? How do you figure out what's next? How do you actually get things done, especially if you do have a full-time job or all these other things going on? Do you want to touch on focus for a little bit? Yes. Here's the thing about focus. The concept is so abstract that it can feel, as a multi-passionate creative, quite unattainable. Mm -hmm. It feels like this thing that if we just had more of would make everything go better. It just feels like this this omnious light bulb that we wish would turn on at some Mm -hmm. point. What I've learned from my own struggles with focus and from educating the multi-passionate community about focus and from creating a course around this concept, which should be live by the time this airs, so I'm speaking it into existence, um, is that focus can be looked at as a tool that is used to create momentum. Mm -hmm. And also that there are many different types of focus. Focus is not just one thing that we hope we'll like get more of once we caffeinate or whatever that looks like. So I think that for the multi-passionate community, without going too far down this rabbit hole, part of it is understanding that there are three types of focus to master. One of them is called intensive focus. And intensive focus is where you basically take yourself to a conference of one. It's you and your ideas and your plans and what you're working on. And it's where you block out an uninterrupted stretch of time to sit and be with those ideas. This is why it's so important for multi-passionates because if we do not take the time to sit with ourselves and look at, okay, I have this idea right now. What could this look like three months from now? What could this look like six months from now? What could this look like a year from now? Maybe I'm going to want to pull new things in. Maybe I'm going to want to create a more passive revenue stream moving forward, and I need to understand that that's going to be a part of this. Maybe I love this right now, but it does feel like a lot of work. Maybe I'll focus on growing a team. Or I cannot even picture this still working a year from now. All of it is great information. But if we're not sitting and taking the time to do this big picture planning and being really honest and going to a conference with ourselves, we will not know this until we're in it. And that creates a lot of frustration for multi-passionate creatives because we feel like we have so much to prove because we're just like, no, like, watch, I'm going to follow through on this. Like, 
I can follow through on this thing. And so we get straight into action and like, let's go, we're building it and we're, and that's beautiful as well. That's another type of focus, but without that intensive focus time, without taking yourself to your own conference, like honestly, get your snacks, get your post-its, get a whiteboard, like have everything you need to just have a day to be with yourself. Like what you said you recently were doing, right? To be with yourself, looking at your ideas, looking at your projects and what do they look like? Put a little bit of space and time on that project. Now, what does it look like? Now, what does it feel like? That's a type of focus and Mm -hmm. it's extremely powerful and extremely helpful. But I can guarantee you when you say the word focus, multi-passionates are not thinking about that. They're thinking about their ability to complete a task. And focus is so much more. So that's intensive focus. And then we have active focus, which is another framework. So active focus is exactly what it sounds like. This is when you're writing the emails and making your strategy plans and doing the work and showing up. And, you know, for that, it's just a matter of learning when you have a lot of energy, what kind of foods your body likes, and how are you going to, you know, sit and focus. It's better to work in short spurts, like using something like the tomato timer, taking breaks, often versus intensive time where it's like you really want to just focus and have this long stretch. So see how different those feel. Mm-hmm. Both focus, but two totally different energies. And then we have passive focus, which is my favorite because I like to be lazy sometimes. And passive focus is like the way that I described it in the blog around this, which we can link in the show notes if you like, yeah. is passive focus is the song that you listen to that gets the lyrics of your dreams stuck in your head. Mm. so passive focus is like I just cannot even today I'm tired I don't have a lot of energy but I want to make sure because I'm multi-passionate that I'm keeping the momentum going let me pop on a podcast about this topic and I'm just going to have it in the background let me just review the last blog I wrote I'm not going to do anything with it I just want to take a look and you know keep this front of mind so passive focus are those things that you're not actively doing anything, but you're still keeping it in your awareness in the background. And that's a type of focus too. It's the kind of focus that helps keep the momentum going. So as you can see, what I'm doing is creating frameworks around focus that feel accessible and attainable so that it no longer becomes such a triggering topic for the multi-passionate community. Yeah. And I love that so much because when I, you know, when people ask me like, how do you batch content, all these types of things. And I'm like, if it feels like a chore, if it's not fun, if like there isn't all those, you know, distinctive parts that you've mentioned, then you're not going to be creative. You're not going to get a good product out of it. And it's going to feel like you can't focus. And it's like this thing that you have to do when it doesn't have to feel that way. It can actually feel kind of more like a flow state almost, which I feel like is kind of what you highlighted. So I love that. And I know you kind of touched on like how to set up your environment when you're in those different focus stages. Like I know you're all about your, your vibe, your crystals, your plants, like you're all about having that. And I love that too. Do you want to like share some of your favorite parts that are like at your desk or in your workspace when you're really focusing on the different parts of your business? Absolutely. So for intensive focus, something that's really important to have in my workspace at that time is like a clean whiteboard that I can write on and just do some big picture planning. I like the impermanence of whiteboards and uh, that it feels really easy to just erase things or, you know, 
add things at will. So that I also like to have at this time, if I don't have a vision board that's already created, then part of intensive focus for me would be a stack of magazines, scissors, and a glue stick so that I can create a new vision board. But typically I have a vision board that's up to date and I look at it every day. I keep it right behind my desk because part of intensive focus is thinking about the big picture of how you want your life to feel. So I love to have some kind of mood board or vision board in that space. I have plants on almost every like hard surface and the same with crystals. So there's really nowhere you can look in my space that doesn't have plants. I think that it's like even harder to describe, but they are just like here for us oh, yes. and want us to thrive and add so much beauty. So if someone's listening to this and they're like, but I've tried and they all die, get a pothos plant. Yes. You can do a pothos <laughs> plant. Pothos plant would just rather live than die. Like yes. very hard to kill them. So, um, always a plant and a lot of water to stay hydrated. I also have a system that I created for myself as a multi-passionate. It's just, it's a binder system. So I have a little half inch binder for every single project that I think that I'm going to be working on. And that way I can keep my ideas separate. And if I feel everything's getting really cluttered and coming in at once, I can go, okay, wait, like which binder should I put this in? So that's been really, really, really helpful for me. It helps me kind of outwardly compartmentalize. So for intensive focus, you know, if you have an, a system that you're already using to organize your ideas, have that available to you. Having some kind of, if it's a big sheet of paper that you can write on, if it's an idea notebook, that's great, or a whiteboard post-its, like whatever it is, it's going to help you kind of organize your ideas. Now for active focus, it's AirPods Pro or some kind of noise canceling AirPods. Worth every single penny. Right. And then on Spotify, the binaural beats focus playlist Mm. is bomb because if you have the airpods in then it will do the binaural weight uh, theta and beta waves along with like the pulsing music and it just gets me in the zone and then uh peppermint oil in my diffuser yes for sure and a quartz crystal nearby for clarity quartz and then i also really love pyrite for business building pyrite's very much like let's go build this Um, so I love that energy as well. And then passive focus, like I might be in the bathtub listening to a podcast. I might be on a walk. I'm most likely my environment is constantly changing and that's the beauty of passive focus. You could be in the car, whatever you're doing. So I hope I answered your question. Yes. I love that. I'm like literally imagining (laughs) us. We always talk about this, but I can literally imagine us like literally working in the same space, like living our best lives. (laughs) I was thinking like, I was thinking how weird it is that we haven't met in person because I, I feel like we have hung, like, hung we out. Have hang- yeah, yeah. It's so like weird. our plants have yeah. met like everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. And I feel like that can definitely inspire people for ways that they can kind of bring it back to the basics, like getting a whiteboard or getting a binder or getting pen and paper or just going for a walk. Like I, I loved all those things that you mentioned. Um, so I feel like those are really helpful for people. And I, I want to just end off this conversation by talking about community, because I know we both have communities that we just love so much. And I know that's something that a lot of people are craving. Like, how can I build community and really serve them well. So what do you feel like has really helped you with fostering growth in your own community? Well, 
For me, it's an interesting experience because I created my community because I could not find one. Mm. So when I went onto Facebook and I was looking up groups for multi-passionates, I could not find one. And I really felt like, you know, it was great to empower with my blog posts and all that. But like, we need to know we're not alone. We feel so lonely so much of the time. And so I think part of it is if you're thinking about community building, consider creating the space you wish you had and create a space that you want to and have it in a space that you want to be in yourself and bring that energy into the creation of it. The other thing I would say about building community that's really important is understanding the pain points of those inside of that space. So, you know, whether that's creating an entry form that people fill out where they express their pain points and then keeping a spreadsheet, which is what I do, or whether that's hosting a monthly Q&A where people can drop their questions, whether that's making sure that part of your content inside of that community, and I am kind of speaking more to online spaces, um, but ask questions. That's what I'm getting at. Ask questions. Give your community members a chance to share and vent and express things that they might not be sharing anywhere else because they don't know if anyone can relate in any other space. So really become curious about the people in your community and then have fun with it. You know, you know, I know that you love video. I love video too. And the space where I really show up on video started, hopefully by the time this airs, this will change because I really want to start doing this on Instagram too. But in my Facebook group, I'm so consistent with showing up on video and it creates just such a fun, interactive and engaging way to connect with your community. So I think if, you know, if someone's not comfortable with video, you have a ton of courses, especially the IGTV course that can really support them with that. So even if it's something that you're not comfortable with, it doesn't have to be a long video, but getting face-to-face, connecting with your community is really, really important. And then again, back to what we said before, do it your way, right? Do it your way, whatever that looks like for you. So think about what it feels like for you to create a community and what that looks like over and above what you see other people doing. And if you love it, like, People can feel that you love it. People can feel if you're the leader in your community and you show up, which I do also recommend, like on a strategic level, if someone's going to start a community, like show up in that space, have your photo on a lot of stuff, like make sure people know that it's yours because then you have this really humbling and precious experience of leading a community and leading a space that just feels so gratifying. Like there's a lot of parts of my business that have started and stopped and been successful, but then not and felt weird and off. But being a community leader has never felt that way. It's only been a gift, which is why naturally I just want to do more and more of that. But it can be such a gratifying experience. Yeah. And I feel like you touched on all the really great things of just like being empathetic on like what your community is going through, knowing them and just connecting with them. I think we're in the online space and we think of it almost as if it's different, but it's just like making friends and creating a community in real life. So I feel like those are such great tips for everyone that are wanting to create community. And thank you so much for chatting with me. I feel like we covered so much and I would love for you to share where people can connect with you or join your own community. 
Yes, for sure. So my community is called the Joy Knows How Collective. By the time this airs, you will be able to go to joyknowshow.com. So that's a hyphen in between each word and joy with an I. We'll include it in the show notes. Okay. Yeah. It's just how I had to do it. Cause if I don't put a hyphen, it looks like joy, no show. So I just had to do it that way. So, (laughs) but if you go to joynoshow.com slash collective, that will get you all the information that you need in terms of joining the collective. You can also connect with me on Instagram. And my handle is joy knows how with a period in between each word which we'll also link to. And then I'm going to gift all of your listeners my free Finding Focus workbook. This is a workbook I created specifically for multi-passionates. It's one of my most loved uh, free offerings, and it will take you through some subconscious work you can do around focus and help you start asking some questions and getting a little bit more clarity. And so we'll link to that in the show notes. And if you decide to grab that, you'll automatically join my email list, which is also where a lot of the magic happens. Yes, we will include all those links. But thank you so much for hanging out with me on the show. It was so fun. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much to today's expert guests for joining us. If you want to connect with today's guests or check out any of the important links mentioned in the show, I've linked the details in today's show notes. Join the conversation at hashtag the shine online podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. If you love what you've heard today, we really appreciate it. And it helps support our show. Remember, regardless of where you're at in your entrepreneurship journey, there's always room for your biz to shine. I'll see you next time.